Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello again, and welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast, a member of the Pod Gods Network. That's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. Welcome back, guys. I uh, hope you had a nice couple of weeks off. Uh, we're happy to be back. A couple of weeks off? Since they heard us. Oh. <laughs> I think I meant like from work. I was like, what vacation are you on? <laughs> no, no, no vacation. Although it'd be nice. I'm going on vacation in a couple weeks. Yeah, man, boo, boo, bee, boo. <laughs> um, so this is episode one of Octoberama. Uh, if you're assholes and didn't listen to the last episode, you uh, can just fuck right off. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who did listen, uh, you know that Octoberama is going to be our uh, celebration of October and Halloween, I guess. Um, we're going to be doing an episode every week in October. Yeah, we're going to have little mini-sodes tucked in between our regular episodes. So all in all, we're going to have five episodes this month. This is going to be a lot of work. Cultivating, culminating in our... 2014 Halloween special. It's like, it's like what are we cultivating? <laughs> cultivating mass. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so this is week one, uh, which is week of the vampire. Vampire. And, you know, as Taylor said, we're going to be having kind of mini sods in between our regular episodes. And um, we're going to be doing news this episode, but not news the next episode. Right. And kind of alternate. And it's like, you know, it's Week of the Vampire, so it would have been nice to come up with a bunch of news that was just vampire-related, but no. <laughs> doesn't always work that way. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, Hollywood, you only do vampire things this week. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so what's new with you? Uh, not a lot. We, uh, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> we do have some other surprises in the shoot, too, but if we told them about told you about them now then they wouldn't be surprises right but mm-hmm. uh it's exciting I'm, I'm excited for it yeah it's gonna be a good month hopefully yeah. um like i said it's gonna be a lot of work i mean just in between i mean we both work full-time jobs and we kind of have to squeeze in being able to record this as it is like every other week yeah so getting it i, I don't think our significant other is gonna be too happy with this, but, um one month out of the year they can deal with it yeah and like i mentioned i'm or before i'm going to be gone for just one episode because we're going to pre-record one episode and then i'll actually be gone for recording another one right which is unfortunately going to be our actual halloween episode but you know what can you do women yeah <clears throat> um ruining everything this is what you get for getting married <laughs> Like, sorry, wife. We're going to have to skip the honeymoon this time. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. This is exciting times we live in. Hopefully this is, will be a, an annual thing now, this October Alma, because I like it. Yeah, it's good. It's a, a good buildup for Halloween. Yeah, which God. is, of course, the greatest day of the year. <laughs> how, long do we, how long ago did we conceive of this? It was, like, uh, it was in August, I think. Was it, it seemed like it was longer ago than that. Was it? Or maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it was like earlier this year. But whatever. Anyway, um, all right, that's enough of our bullshit. Let's jump into horror business. Too much horror, baby, baby. 
this this first story, I'm a little I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. Um, there's a South Korean revenge flick from 2010 called I Saw the Devil. And of course, with any popular Asian horror movie, it's being remade for American audiences. Naturally. So that's where I'm kind of leery. But what gives me hope is that it's being written and directed by the team behind Your Next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. Uh, the story of I Saw the Devil is when his pregnant fiancée becomes the latest victim of a serial killer, a secret agent blurs the line between good and evil in his pursuit of revenge. I've never seen the original. Um, I don't really know much about it. It doesn't sound like a horror movie. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds more, more like a thriller. More, yeah. Um, okay, okay. It depends on how gruesome, I guess, he gets. Right. With his revenge. That's the way most revenge movies are. Like, they could easily be a thriller, but then they're, they're just so gory that they fall into horror. It's true. Um, yeah, I've never seen the original either, but I have not heard any bad things. Mm-hmm. I have heard either good things or medium things. Mm. So, I don't know. This this could be good. Um, I did really like your next. They also did VHS, though. Yeah. Which wasn't as good. No, I mean, you know, a anthology movie entirely made of found footage. It's just like, bleh. Right. But, but this, these guys are part of that new school horror clique that we talked about a few episodes back. Right. With Ty West and uh, Eli Roth to an extent. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys are involved at all. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they all tend to run together, whether yeah. it be producing or even you know doing cameos or, or whatever yeah um so we'll, yeah, we'll see how this progresses i guess yeah uh no word yet on casting or release date uh but yeah we'll keep an eye on it the original was written and directed by kim ji woon for anyone who's interested and uh if anyone's seen it and wants to you know send us a review on it please please do yeah don't be a dick yeah. Last summer, I know what you did last summer. Still know what you did last summer. Last summer. So I could have sworn we talked about this before, but I don't. I don't think we did. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, it's being announced that uh, amongst all the the remakes and whatnot that have been taking place over the last few years they're jumping like they're not just doing classic horror anymore now they're going into the 90s teen screen or teen screen movies uh, and they're going to start uh, on a remake of I Know What You Did Last Summer yeah <laughs> uh, this brings up something we in, in when we went to Crypticon and there was the, the scary sexy time panel yeah. And they talked about who was the first person in horror that you wanted to bang. Mm-hmm. I remember you had said it was like the topless Italian broad from Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and I said that I couldn't remember who it was. And I think I finally remembered, and I'm pretty sure it was Jennifer Love Hewitt in I Don't I Know What You Did Last Summer. Is it that part where she's like going in circles? What do you want? Yeah. What, what are you waiting for? Let me stick out my chest and scream. Yeah. And watch my tits jiggle around. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. But. <laughs> I just remember up to that point, 
like I didn't watch Party of Five, but I knew her from that. Um, and she was always kind of like drab and uninteresting on was, that. Was that before um, Can't Hardly Wait? Can't Hardly Wait was her first foray into movies, wasn't it? I, that's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> I do remember thinking it was an odd choice to have her see her in a horror movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, you know, at that at that point, people didn't really know her other than yeah, Party she was Five, a big star. Um, but like I said, you know, I always thought of her kind of like bland. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then seeing her in that, and then definitely seeing her in Can't Hardly Wait, and just like, all right, <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> that's what. No, that's not what she said. You're supposed to just say literally. Yeah, l- l- literally. At a point. (laughs) Um, So, um, more to the point, uh, this is being written. You think she she makes a cameo in the remake? God, I hope not. (laughs) I know, me too. (laughs) Um, This is being written and, I thought, directed. But Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Well, it's being written by Mike Flanagan who most recently was uh, the co-writer and director of Oculus, which we both enjoyed, if I remember right. Yeah, us and Kevin. Was that the episode Kevin was on? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, So we know it's at least got a good writer behind it. Um, It's like the one WWE Films movie, at least thus far, that we've seen that was any good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not counting out. See New Evil Two yet. I have to. I have to actually see it first. Have faith in the Oscars. Yeah. Um, it's being produced by Jeff Howard and Neil Horowitz. Uh, who and Neil Horowitz was actually the producer of the original movie. So, let's see a little repetition on his resume. <laughs> um, I don't understand why people do that. Uh, we've we've seen that several times. One occurrence that comes mainly to mind is. Um, the Friday the 13th re-remake being fucking Platinum Dunes again. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't... You'd think people would want to move on. You know, it's like, well, I did that movie. I don't need to do it again. You would think. <sighs> but, I mean, if it made money for them, then whatever. Just do it again. See if it happens again. Yeah. Um, in case you were too young or possibly too old to give a shit about this movie when it came out um it's uh, about the group of friends about a group of friends who is being stalked by a killer after conspiring to cover up a fatal car accident um and this is actually a story from a, a book for in the 70s by uh, Lois Duncan um I think Lois Duncan she's like better known as like kind of a child author isn't she I'm not familiar with her work. Really? Uh, I'm going to take a quick second to look her up, because I could swear I know her name from other books. But yeah, apparently the plan is to adapt this movie from the book and not just be a direct remake of the, the original movie for whatever that's worth. Which, you know, that and... You know, the, the phrase used to be that and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee, but 50 cents will not get you a cup of coffee these days. Mm, no. That and $7 will get you a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I paid six fifty for a coffee earlier today. I paid nothing because my girlfriend bought me one. Oh. <laughs> Just for uh, conversation's sake, 
Here's an article from the website Film School Rejects. Three more 90s horror reboots we need in addition to I Know What You Did Last Summer. What? So let's, let's dive into this. How did they get three? First one, which I could may, maybe get behind, is Candyman. Wait, what, it was 90, 90s horror? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it was more like, um, like I said, like teen scream movies. This is just 90s horror in general. Got it. Um, I am... Although, like, I want to say that it would have to be Tony Todd, but at that point, why not just make another sequel? Yeah, that brings us back to, is like, why would they be involved in something they've already done? Yeah. Um, uh, the second one is Urban Legend, which I thought was a good premise, just poorly executed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, uh, and fucking Jack Frost. With Shannon Elizabeth? Uh, was she in that? The, yeah. Before her tit implants? <laughs> Jack Frost rape scene is the video they have on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to discuss that, that's at filmschoolrejects.com. That's... I don't think... I don't think any of those movies need to be right, um, particularly Candyman. That's that's like one of those classic films that you just don't touch. I Which mean, means it'll be remade in three years, probably. Um, I mean, you, you know, we said that about Friday the Thirteenth. Said that about Nightmare on Elm Street, Dawn and, of the Dead. Yeah, they fucking did it anyway. Um, so I don't know. I think it just there are suckers that'll pay for it, and so. People like us, our opinions just don't matter. Because, <laughs> unfortunately, we're part of the minority. Yeah, it's true. Of kind of purist. It's like if it's done right the first time, don't do it again. Of course, that, like you said, that doesn't necessarily fall into urban legend quite as much. Yeah, or I know what you did last summer. Right. Well, I, honestly, for what it was, I didn't have a problem with... I know you did last summer. That's true. For being a, a teen scream, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Um, it had a, a at, at the very least, it had a good cast. I thought Freddie Prince was in that, right? His son, right? <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Sorry. Um, yeah, he was, and um, and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, Sarah uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, um, um, uh, Jennifer Lafayette. Thank you. Um, and, um, oh, shit, that guy from Big Bang Theory. Johnny Galecki? Yep. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. He was kind of like the, the outcast, and I think they suspected that he was the killer at one point. Hmm. I guess that was kinda a little bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Ten years. It could, yeah. For those of you who didn't listen last episode, we have decided officially laid down the gauntlet 10 years is the official moratorium for spoilers if a movie is more than 10 years old we're gonna spoil it sorry well we might not necessarily absolutely spoil it but if we feel like we need to we're gonna do it yep um anyway so, so yeah, this is this is scheduled to come out in 2016 mm-hmm. we'll see how how different it is if they go a more dark and gritty route <laughs> metal wars <laughs> Well, it's not Platinum Dunes, so. But Platinum Dunes, even though Platinum Dune movies, Dunes movies suck, they make lots of money. So I wonder why more people aren't, like, picking up on their habits. That's true. Like, I didn't read a single, not one good review 
of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw one person on Facebook said it was good, but I, I felt like it was sarcasm, so I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I saw a, probably a couple dozen different reviews of it, mainly just because I was so spiteful and angry. Just like I wanted to hear, I wanted to see people just ripping it apart, and I got my wish. Um, and it's just it sounds like it's just garbage, but it made bank. Like it, like it's still raking in money at the box office. That's why Michael Bay buys all these properties because he knows he can make a shit movie and people will still go see it. Yeah, and the poor little bastards that are like you know ten and younger have no idea. Nope, their only familiarity with. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is like that American anime cartoon that they've been running on one of those fucking Nickelodeon channels, whatever the hell it is. That's sad. Yeah. And it's so funny that the origin of Teenage Mutant... We've gotten so far off topic. <laughs> the origin of Ninja Turtles was like, there's just really adult-oriented, like, kind of satire, sarcastic comic book. Yeah. And now it's, it was dark. Yeah, it was it was really fucked up. It was definitely not for kids. Yeah. Um, but then you know they made the movie and then they made the cartoon, which I think really turned it into like a, a kids thing. Yeah. Um. So, and now we're just left with this shit. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, 2016 release. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll keep you up to date if we hear any more casting news or anything else. Whatever. If it's worth talking about. (laughs) Or not. Whatever. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. That was a callback. We haven't done that in a while. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So... (coughs) Damn it. You done? <clears throat> Hold on. Okay. <coughs> Good God. That, kids, is why we don't smoke. Uh, I've had a, just this fucking shitty chest cold that will not go away. Lovely. It's, it's not Thank even, you for bringing it into my home. Well, no, it's like I'm not sick. It just it won't clear up, you know? All right. It's like a bad rash. Or herpes. Or herpes. So I hear. <laughs> Anyways, staying on the topic of remakes somewhat, but kind of changing gears, uh, we've talked before about how TV is kind of the new remake. Yeah. It sounds like yet another horror franchise is headed that direction. And that horror franchise is Saw. In case anyone's not sick of Saw. (laughs) At Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky, Saw star Carrie Ewells announced that he would be willing to play Dr. Gordon again if Saw returned in some form. He was quoted as saying, Oh, absolutely. But only if Saw took on another form, like, say, a TV series? He said with a wink and a smile. (laughs) When he winked, it went ding. I don't know if he winked, but it does say (laughs) that he smiled. What a coy little bastard. Uh, so, yeah, that's being bandied about. I hope that this is just fodder. I mean, I really hope this isn't an th- actual thing, you know? I, like, Saw, it would it would have to be on premium cable. Have 
to. Oh, yeah, definitely. Without a doubt, no exceptions. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, HBO or Showtime or, or something. Um, something like... Like, AMC lets The Walking Dead get away with a lot. Yeah. But I don't feel like it would get away with anything that would make Saw be Saw. Right. And I don't think a Saw TV show would have the kind of clout that The Walking Dead has. And, you know, you think back to, like, the first season of Walking Dead, they didn't get away with a whole lot. But since it's just been this blow, like, this blown up uh, success thing. Yeah. uh, they, they've let them get away with a lot more just because it's a fucking money maker. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if they don't get on premium cable and they have to tone it down, it's just not going to be the same. Right. Um, and it's like, how necessary is this really? None. I mean, seven fucking movies. They talked about remaking it. I don't know if that's still up in the air or not. I don't know either. But... Let's see. Uh, damn. No moratorium yet. <laughs> or the mor- moratorium still, still going. For the original? Not the original, but he was in one of the sequels. Oh. That's another thing. If if they were to make a TV show, how would it fit in? I, with, with, yeah. with the canon, would it be like a remake? Would it be a lateral to the movies? Would it be a continuation of the movies? I don't know. Where does it fit in? What is the point? (laughs) Money. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's always going to be the point. That's true. There's never going to be a time when they're doing it for the art. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's always going to be somebody that wants to take a successful property and milk more money out of it. That's just the state of the world we live in, theatrically speaking. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just gotten to a point where, you know, with pirating and downloads, and, you know, well, you know, money was made in the box office, but where I'm pretty sure where all the money, like real money used to be made, was in home video sales. And now with people doing downloads and, like I said, pirating, that money is just drying up. And people aren't going to the theaters anymore. They're waiting for them to come out on uh, VOD and you know, and th- those kinds of sources. And so that money's just not there anymore. So it's too risky to take on a new property and try to make it a success when they have something that they own said well this made us all this money back then let's just take it and push it out again and make it dance and make us more money yeah i suppose so and with tv all you got to do is sell it to a network yeah and then they've they've made their money the network just sells advertising against it and Mm -hmm. make their money back so yeah and networks will jump on that shit because of the trend of i mean horror properties in particular because of how popular it's gotten yeah so it's uh it's an unfortunate thing. I mean, I was never the biggest Saw fan. I, mean, I liked them for what they were. The only I loved the first one. First, when the first one came out, it was really good, really surprising. It was the first movie in a long time that it actually kind of turned my stomach, particularly the end. Yeah. Um, 
when uh, Carrie Oles sawed his leg off, or his foot, I guess. Yeah. It's been 10 years, I checked. <laughs> um, and I think the maybe the first couple sequels weren't too bad either, but it just got to a point. It's like seven fucking movies. Yeah. Jigsaw didn't even live through all of those. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and he just kept like passing it on and but somehow finding a way to shoehorn Jigsaw in there. Yeah. It's like Friday thirteenth five. <laughs> it's like why? Yeah. Um anyway. Anyway, we'll let you know if this stupid thing happens. Yeah. I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. I knew I'd moved in a haunted house. So have we? I don't. I don't know that we've talked about a paranormal activity five, have we? Well, we discussed that it uh, had the release date had been pushed, mm-hmm. but apparently that never got officially done. It, it was talked about being pushed, but it never was officially pushed. Ah. Okay. So now there's this. Right. Okay. Well, um, a couple announcements about Paranormal Activity 5. As Taylor mentioned, the release date has been officially pushed to March 13th, 2015. Which is still less than they had originally talked about pushing it, because they were talking about pushing it to Halloween 2016. Right. Um, And this is kind of interesting because um, up to this point, all the Paranormal Activity movies have been released around Halloween time. Mm -hmm. So this is... It's obviously more important for them to get this movie out and start making money on it (laughs) instead of, you know, following with their own tradition. Um, It's also been retitled um, to Paranormal Activity... Sorry, Paranormal Activity The Ghost Dimension. So it seems like they dropped the five, which makes you wonder, is it it actually like a direct sequel? Or is it another spinoff, like the marked ones? See, the marked ones, like, they call it a spinoff, but what makes it different than, like, part four? I, uh, part four is about a different family that we haven't seen before, and then Katie Featherston gets shoehorned in there. Yeah. It's the exact same thing that happened in the marked ones. So it's just another sequel. You can give it a different title and call it whatever you want, but it's another fucking sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just because it doesn't follow the exact story, like, it doesn't follow the same characters doesn't mean it's not a sequel. It hasn't followed the same characters since part two. Right. Yeah. And it's like, look at um, almost every film series that has, you know, two, like, let's let's say two or more sequels. How, very rarely do they ever follow the same group of characters. Yeah. There's usually like one thing that's tying them together. Which is exactly the case here. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... Like, let's look at the classics. I mean, go again back to Friday the 13th, I guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, aside from one or two or one or two occurrences, they're completely different characters in every movie. Except for Jason, Freddy, um, there's uh, Tommy Jarvis, uh, there's Nancy Thompson. Those are kind of recurring characters to an extent. And I guess... Nightmare on Elm Street, they kind of usually, like, piggybacked characters, or, like, leapfrogged them. 
Yeah. Because, uh, you know, sometimes the characters from the previous movie would be in the beginning of the next movie, but then they'd, they'd die early on and move on to new characters. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what... But... <laughs> it's like, it doesn't... Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and so, like I said, fucking, why are they called the marked ones? A, they didn't call it a spinoff, right? They called it a, a companion movie or something, cousin oh, yeah. movie, something. Well, because the marked ones was actually a completely different movie, and it's you know it was, it was called the Oxnard tapes. We discussed that when we reviewed it, I, mm-hmm. I believe, um, and it was. I don't think it was even intended to be a. Like related to paranormal activity, um, directly at least. Um, and it's like if you think back on the movie, and you know, for those of you that have seen it, it's like you can think of the scenes that tie it to the original series. And if you eliminate them, you can still have a complete movie. So it's really easy to see that they could just put those extra scenes in there and make it a paranormal activity movie. Right. Um, they just bought up the property and shoehorned it into their franchise right anyway um, so I don't I don't know if this is like it's still as far as I know being billed as Paranormal Activity 5 they're just calling it Ghost Dimension now mm-hmm. but it's still being billed as like the fifth one in the series even though it's technically the sixth one in the series uh, it's about a new family hey surprise surprise <laughs> who has two young daughters just like the original well, not the original, but the... Uh, was it part three that was the prequel? Yes. Okay, well, so it's similar to that. Um, it's being directed by Gregory Plotkin. Who I, <laughs> Plot. Hey, like like us. Hey! <laughs> it's being directed by Grave Plotkin. <laughs> and it's set to release March 13th, 2015. Yeah. So, if you're excited about that, then good for you. <laughs> And you know, on a related story, um, Paramount has been kind of playing sort of kind of musical release dates, just shifting movies around. Yeah. Um, because March 13th was originally supposed to be Friday the 13th. Right. Um, then that got pushed to November. Because they don't have a fucking movie yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, March 13th, 2015 was originally Friday the 13th. Then, when they moved that, then it was Scouts versus Zombies, which we believe we talked about at least once. I think so. I mean, Well, I, I know we talked about it at least once. I don't know if we talked about it a couple times or not. Okay. Um, but it's it sounds like it's probably going to be a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that it stars David Koechner. <laughs> um, and so that moved to March 13th. When they moved Paramount Activity, or sorry, Friday 13th, they put Scouts vs. Zombies in March 13th slot. Then they moved it again. Down, uh, 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 actually, they moved it up to February 20th. 2015, um, and put Paranormal Activity um, back or, you know into that March 13th spot. 
um, and Friday the 13th continues to be, to be November 13th, which, as Taylor sarcastically remember, uh, sarcastically stated in a previous episode, it's a Friday. <laughs> Don't worry. Because um, that's important. Right. Uh, well, as far as we know, they still don't have a script or a. Do they have they even officially signed on that director yet? I don't. I I think it's official. I I don't know. All right, so they've got a good idea. Yeah, they have. They have yeah, they have a decent. They have an idea. <laughs> they have a decent clues where they're going, but they're not positive. So, um, whatever. I mean, I don't know if any of these movies are going to be worth seeing. Probably I mean, not. I'll, I'll see Friday the 13th. Yeah. Just because it's fucking Friday the 13th. But the other two, uh, wait for fucking Netflix. It'll <laughs> be part of the problem. <laughs> States, two movies and now, shitty movies. True. Uh, two shitty movies that now don't have release dates are Demonic, which is um, both. Well, both these movies are from the Weinstein Company. Uh, Demonic is produced by James Wan, so it's got some it's got some power behind it, right? And uh, it stars the guy from Eurotrip. Guy from Eurotrip. Yeah, like the main guy. Oh, okay. That's why I recognize him. Uh, Scott Mecklowitz. And it also stars Frank Grillo from The Purge Anarchy. Right. Uh, it has been pulled from release for whatever reason. Probably because it's shit. Or maybe because James Wan pissed Harvey off. That's possible. <laughs> from what I understand, Harvey Weinstein is a very vindictive man. Yep. And now we're somehow going to get shut down because we said that. <laughs> But it's, it is about a psychologist who investigates the deaths of five people who were killed while trying to summon ghosts. So, that's that. That's a thing. Uh, not anymore, it's not. <laughs> also pulled from release, and this one's a little more surprising, because this, this already had a trailer and everything behind it. Yeah, and uh, recently, too. Yeah, is Amityville The Awakening. Um... Maybe somebody saw the trailer and went, wow, this looks terrible. <laughs> we should not put that movie out. Like, what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> uh, so, it's, yeah, that's not happening anytime soon, it looks like. You know, uh, Amityville, that's a little surprising because um, it's directed by uh, Frank Calhoun, who did the Maniac remake. Right. Um, which was obviously like kind of an underground indie type movie but it had some pretty substantial success it seemed like yeah um and then also it starred jennifer jason lee who you know better known as an 80s star but she's still got a little bit of star power she was i think in weeds was she yeah she oh, was okay. the star of weeds no sure yeah that's um shit i don't remember her name Mary Louise Parker. Oh. Jennifer Jason Lee, she was um, Judge Reinhold's little sister in Fast Times. Oh, okay. 
Um, so, I mean, like I said, she's more known as an 80s star, I think, but she's, I think she's still got a little star power behind her name. Um, but then also, uh, uh, she's got Bella Thorne, who's kind of an, uh, sort of an up and coming star. Uh, I mean, she's, she's young, but she's gaining a name for herself, it seems like. Uh, and then Jennifer Morrison, who's really popular right now. She's, I mean, she was known from House. Um, she's in uh, Once Upon a Time, currently. So it's got a few fairly well-known names for it to just be stopped, you know, so close to the finish line. You'd also read from that 70s show. Does it? Yeah, he's in the preview. Oh, I haven't actually watched the preview. I couldn't bring myself to oh, it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah, look. This synopsis, Belle, her little sister, and her comatose twin brother move into a new house with their single mother, Joan, in order to save money to help pay for her brother's expensive health care. Now, does that sound like a canned plot or what? (laughs) Um, But when strange phenomena begin to occur in the house, including the miraculous recovery of her brother, Belle begins to suspect her mother isn't telling her everything and soon realizes they just moved into the now infamous Amityville house. How do you not recognize that house right away? Yeah, it's got a very trademark look. Yeah. I mean, they changed the windows. True. Um, but still, you, you know the house. You know what it looks like. Yeah, and you know if you're in Amityville, New York. Right. <laughs> On what's Ocean... Ocean Avenue. Uh, Ocean yeah. Avenue, yeah. Um, There's a song by Yellow Card called Ocean Avenue, and I always like to pretend they're talking about the Amityville house. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not, but... Probably talking about some place in Florida. Or California. I think they're from California. Are they? I thought they were from Florida. They might be. I don't care. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, so, I'm glad this movie got pulled. Demonic sound like maybe had something behind it. Like, it sounded like it, it could have been okay. But Amityville just sounded stupid from the get-go, and I don't know... It's just harking back to, again, uh, just using a, a property title to make more money. Yep. It's like, how many times can they rehash the same fucking story? As many as it takes. Um, there's currently no word on whether or not these will be rescheduled, but at this point, who really gives a shit? The cell will be So, there have been two, or there was a remake to I Spit on Your Grave, as well as a sequel to that remake. Two two sequels. What? There was the part three, yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm going to look into this. No, you're wrong. You wrong, bitch. Then what is this? Fake. <laughs> I Spit on Your Grave 3 is being pre-sold at the market as of April 17th, 2014. We reported on this. We did? Yeah. Because this sounds very familiar. Because they don't have a writer or director. They got a title and a poster. <laughs> 
That was in April, so they probably never made it. Right. But okay, there. So there was supposed to be a part three, I guess. Yeah, and I think when this story first broke, that's people what people assumed. But they are making a sequel to "I Spit on Your Grave." The catch is, it's going to be the sequel to the original 1978 movie, uh, which is, I think comes as a surprise to a lot of people. The shocking thing is, uh, Camille Keaton the star of the original, is going to be in this one. Um, obviously... Playing the same character. Right, yeah. Um, Which and is interesting, because sh- that was 26 years ago. 36. 36 years ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty surprising that uh, they would do this. I mean, they, they did it with... Um, God, what did they just recently do this with? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yes. Um, which, Texas Chainsaw 3D wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as everybody made it sound. Who, who was the guy on the movie crypt that was talking about how they should have ended it? Oh, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that would have been so fucked up. <laughs> um, anyway, so... It was Mosley. It was Bill Mosley. Was it? Yeah. Oh, right, because he was in it. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so, yeah, the the new I Spit on Your Grave sequel takes place decades after Jennifer, who's Camille Keaton, um, survived her harrowing ordeal and took the law into her own hands. She was subsequently acquitted for uh, by a jury for murdering her attackers, naturally, in a controversial verdict. Um, once she got out of jail, she went on to write a book, um, about her experience, but that I mean, that combined with the um, acquittal, I guess, um, kind of pissed off the friends and relatives of her quote victims, <laughs> um, and so they went after her. But I imagine after thirty plus years of kind of maybe subconsciously living in fear. She probably trained herself and learned how to be a pretty efficient killer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you watch the original. She was pretty creative. True. <laughs> um, so uh, this is pretty cool, I think. Um, it sounds like it's... It's interesting. <clears throat> Hopefully it won't have a brutal rape scene of this woman who I assume is in her 50s, if not 60s. Oops. Right. Um yeah, you can only hope. <laughs> um, not that rape scenes are ever good. Right. Unless it's tree rape, according to Taylor. <laughs> tree rape is funny. So this has nothing to do with the remakes whatsoever. Good. There's no tie-in at all. Good. Really? You, you like, didn't like the remakes? Well, the remake and its sequel? Um, I, I didn't see the sequel. It uh, wasn't as good. I'll, uh, I, I can admit that. Um... I don't know the like the the rape scene in the remake is so tough to watch. It it really is, yeah. That like I think even more so than the original. The original, you know, had that really gritty grind house feel to it, you know, where they don't really cut a lot of corners when it comes to things like that. But I think this remake really took it to the next level as far yeah. as the brutality and the, just the fact that it's like this mentally handicapped guy doing it and yeah, just. 
it just felt so dirty the whole thing and just watching it was just like oh i don't know if i want to keep watching this movie yeah yeah i get that i mean Um, other than that i i did like the the kills and stuff but i I also don't like revenge movies mm -hmm. because i don't like rooting for the killer fair enough i'm a big uh believer in (laughs) vengeance i guess uh, well, maybe not necessarily vengeance in itself, but being uh, avenged. <laughs> um, so I can get behind movies like that. Just like, well, do unto, do unto others, I guess. Before they do unto you. Not necessarily before. In this case, it's after. Well, I mean, except for the whole murder. Like they didn't murder her. Well, sure. Murder or be murdered. Kill or be killed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so like I said, this has nothing to do with the originals, or the remakes, excuse me. Um, so it's not clear on whether or not Anchor Bay uh, or Stephen R. Monroe, who did the, who was the director, um, has any plan to continue that series. No, this is actually being written and directed by the writer and director of the original 1978 movie. Yeah. Uh, Myers Myers Zarkies, Archie, something. Yeah, right. I, of the remakes, though, like Anchor Bay, I don't. It, it's not clear whether or not they're going to continue their series or not. Right. Um, and it's being called "I Spit on Your Grave," Deja Vu. Right. So, um, we'll keep you posted on this. Uh, it seems like it. It's it's an interesting concept. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they can kind of recapture that same just harsh brutality that really drew people into the original you know 36 years uh, later so keep you posted and uh, let you know any new developments Once again, bringing you up Friday the 13th, uh, as we discussed before, there is a new movie coming out scheduled for November 13th, 2015, and we have also previously discussed on the show the Friday the 13th TV series that is in development. Well, With, now, sorry, just being backed by Sean S. Cunningham, who was obviously the director of the original, so that gives it a little bit of clout, I think. Anyway, continue. Well, now there's uh, reports from Sean S. Cunningham, actually, that the two will be tied together. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work, since the TV show is supposed to be about Jason's teenage years. So, uh, hopefully, the movie is not a prequel. I. It almost makes me wonder if... Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, hopefully it's not a, a prequel, because that would just be a waste of everybody's time. Because nobody likes seeing prequels unless it has familiar characters. We don't need any further backstory than we've already gotten in Jay- for Jason. Right. Like, we get it. He was a, a kid with deformities, and he drowned. That's all we really need to know. Yeah. We don't need to know what happened after that. Right. Um, I This, this kind of gives me the impression that the TV show might not necessarily be just... Um, 
like kind of the saga of um, Jason growing up. I guess I think it might be a lot of flashbacks, and might actually, in its as far as like it's it's a story. I guess I think it might take place in like current current time, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, the the this report originally came from Friday the Thirteenth Franchise dot com, and what they said was usually our site tries to refrain from posting a lot of rumors, but we were informed by a pretty trustworthy source that when Sean Cunningham was asked at the convention about the status of the new show and film, he responded that the quote film is in full pre-production to be released in theaters in 2015 and that the film will lead into the television show, end quote. Of course, this put a smile on our collective faces, but in no way is any kind of official confirmation the film and show are joined together as we were not able to ask the questions directly. If we tried to ask, Crystal Lake Entertainment would probably deny its truth anyways. It's possible that Sean Cunningham meant production of the film would lead into the production of the show. That seems a lot more likely. Yeah. But, you know, what the fuck do we know? And the the convention mentioned in the article is Rue Morgue's Festival of Fear. Just to get that out of the way. What's what's interesting is there was a uh, interview that Cunningham had with Fearnet and they were talking about the television show and they said that it sounded like something tailor-made for Netflix. And Cunningham responded, yeah, it does. <laughs> so it could possibly be maybe they have a deal with Netflix to make it a Netflix original, which would probably be the best thing for it. Yeah, which is uh, would be really good timing with how we mentioned, I think it was last episode, that Hemlock Grove was coming up on its third and final season. So Netflix, w- I think with the success of Hemlock Grove, um, at least it seems like it's been successful, um, they might be looking to pick up another horror-themed series. Could be. So I'm not sure how I feel about... Friday the 13th going the Netflix route but you know whatever (laughs) Um, yeah I just hope this I just hope this doesn't get fucked up just you know just going back to the well too many times you know it's it's gonna run dry eventually well um, apparently according to webpronews.com Netflix is in the market for more original horror. Which is smart. Yeah. I mean, like, like we said earlier, it's it's become very popular. And so it's it's definitely smart to try and get in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, you know, you, you don't want to flood the market. Yeah, that's true also. Because, I mean, with the popularity of horror, which I think, again, is like kind of spearheaded by... Walking Dead, I think. As far as horror on TV or just in general? Yeah, yeah on TV. Okay. Um, if you flood the market, everybody's going to be so invested in these, you know, very expensive shows. I mean, because like, like Walking Dead in particular, you know that show is growing in cost like exponentially every season. Oh, I'm sure of it. Um, and so all these networks getting invested in horror shows... And then eventually the horror bubble is going to pop. I mean, there are going to be people like us that are always going to love horror, and nothing's going to change that. But as soon as, like, the popularity dies down, then what? They're all they're just going to be stuck with these contracts with these shows that people aren't interested in anymore just yeah. because it was, so, it was topical, basically. 
So uh, I just hope these uh, network and you know Netflix guys, these executives. I hope they have an idea of what they're doing because I don't. <laughs> this it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Well, um, like Cunningham said, they're in pre-production on the movie, so uh, we'll we'll keep up up to date on that. And uh, Sean Cunningham or Marcus Dispel or Brad, not Brad Fuller or anybody else, if you're listening, cast Derek Mears already. Yeah. What, why would you not cast him? I, I don't know. Does it, it doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't. He's, it should have been announced a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, the, he wants to do it, so fucking do it. Yeah, and it's like a guy behind a mask. Yeah. It's not like you're paying for a face or anything. You just... I can't see Derek Mears, like, demanding a whole shitload of money or something. No. So just, just do it. So this story was just too stupid to not talk about. <laughs> um... So, on the tale of movies like uh, Sharknado and Sharktopus and uh, fucking... What was the one we watched with, with Jaleel White? Oh, God. Um, Mega Shark versus... It was Megalodon versus... No, it was Mega Shark. Mega Shark versus Giant Alligator. Something like that. Something, yeah. <laughs> it was awful. It was fucking terrible. It was a sequel, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, riding on the tail of those those types of movies, uh, specifically with Sharknado. I mean, somehow that got a sequel. Yeah. All you morons watching Sharknado, this is what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sci-Fi Channel has announced that it's going to start the production on Lavalantula. Which is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Um, A tarantula that shoots lava out of its ass. Um, The the one thing that they have um, to its its name, well, one of a few things. The main thing is they have brought on big-ass spider director, which was actually a pretty successful monster, like, giant monster movie. Um, They brought on the director, Mike Mendez. So it's in some moderately good hands. <laughs> he knows he knows how to do you know, big ass spiders, right? Yeah, and you know, big ass spider. Uh, I have not seen it, but I know that the smart thing was that they it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I think when he was he actually did uh, an episode of the movie Crypt, and I think he was pretty lighthearted about it. He knew he wasn't making a serious movie. If I remember correctly, they brought him a script that was much more serious. Probably. And he was like, no. <laughs> it's like, let's let's punch this up a little bit. Right. And it had a different title, too. And he, he changed the title to Big Ass Spider to make it seem not so serious. Right. Um, anyway, um, not only that, <laughs> but probably the most exciting thing about this is there's going to be kind of a, a mini police academy reunion in this movie. Lava Lancia is going to be starring Steve Gutenberg, Leslie Easterbrook, and Michael Winslow. (laughs) 
You know, for some reason, I thought Leslie Easterbrook was dead. I don't know why. I thought she died recently. I mean, I know she was, she's not that old, but I thought health issues or something. I don't know. Um, but um, I'm they, hoping that uh, that Michael Winslow busts out some sound effects. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> why else would you cast him? That's that's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, guys, we gotta get in the helicopter. <laughs> There's no time for that shit right now. <laughs> um, they've released a, a poster of it, which you know looks in typical sci-fi <laughs> channel fashion. Yeah, a bunch of big ass tarantulas shooting lava out of their asses uh, around a destroyed LA. It doesn't look like it's so much shooting lava <clears throat> as it's shitting lava. <laughs> it does look like it's just shitting lava. <laughs> And for some reason, there's a volcano in the background. It looks like at least... Maybe there's two volcanoes. Um, for some fucking reason. Because there are no volcanoes in L.A. <laughs> I've been there. I've lived there. There are no volcanoes. The tagline <coughs> is, Fire burns, lava bites. Ooh. Um, so this is in production now. And uh, we will come out sometime next summer. <laughs> I was gonna say it's in production now. It'll be out next week. <laughs> and currently then, filming in front of four green screens. And next month they'll release Lava Lantula two, <clears throat> starring Charlie Sheen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, keep an eye on this if you like these fucking just off the wall goofy monster movies. And um, look out for the Lava Lantula pop figure yeah. later this month. So there's been a lot of talk lately about a new Halloween movie possibly coming out. Um, but until then, you'll be able to see the original Halloween, the John Carpenter Halloween, on the big screen once again. Uh, Spectacast has partnered with Compass International Pictures and Truncus International Films to bring John Carpenter's 1978 classic back to theaters starting October 1st, which is today. And it will be in theaters all month, up until Halloween. Right. Uh, The theater list can be found at HalloweenInTheaters.com. Actually, I think, uh, well... Well, if if you go to HalloweenInTheaters.com, it it redirects you to Spectacast's website. Right, okay, yeah. Um, It looks like there's... It's it's not just in the U.S., guys. Oh, it's worldwide. Yeah, it looks like there's a... A lot in Australia, um, yeah, the U.S., Canada. A lot in the U.K. You're right, yeah. Finland, uh, Germany, Hungary, Ireland, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Spain, uh, U.K. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? Kennewick, Spokane, and Vashon? I know. <laughs> I looked at that and I'm like, I don't want to go to any of those places. What the dick? <laughs> okay, so we're not going to be seeing this in theaters, unfortunately. Yeah. Because I don't want to... I mean, I think the closest one is what fashion, I think. Yeah. Fuck. That is just plain shitty. 
I'm only playing on the first and the thirty first. Here anyway. Yeah, Kenwick is the thirtieth and the thirty first. <sighs> Notice that the Alamo Draft House has by far and away the most dates. In Texas? No, in uh, uh Virginia. Why? Oh. That's weird. I think that's like a Spectacast, if you're listening to this, then fucking put it at the Egyptian Theater in Seattle. That's where the movies go. Yeah. That's where we saw Evil Dead on the big screen, which was awesome. Yeah. Fucking do it. Leave that in. So, I, th- I think for some fucking reason, we didn't talk about this initially, um, <clears throat> that Guar has actually found their new singer. We posted about it on Facebook. Did we? Okay. But, but we didn't talk about it on the show. Okay. Well, Guar has actually brought on um, a new singer, uh, the Berserker Blothar, who is actually Mike Bishop who previously was in the band as Beefcake the Mighty, um, which I thought was really nice, not necessarily a tribute to Dave Brocky, who did, played Orders Jurongus, um, but it's good to kind of honor the integrity of the band Yeah, to not just bring on some random fucker um, to take his place. Yeah, nice little promotion. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, keep it in the family, I guess. Um, so, yeah, he's currently their lead singer um, now and for the foreseeable, the foreseeable future. Um, more recently than that, they've announced that they're actually going to make, uh, bring on another member of Guar uh, and kind of a, a co-singer uh, in Volvatron. Um Volvatron is going to be... She's going to be the first female member of Guar, is what she's going to be. No. No? I swear I read that. No, she's going to be the first female member of Guar since Slymenstra Hyman. Alright. Who was previously in the band. I, I, can't, I think she left She left the band in the year 2000, so um, obviously there hasn't been a female in Guar for over a decade now. Um... Uh, Volvatron is played by uh, Kim, uh, Kim Dilla, or Dilla. Um, she's also a singer in Kung Fu Dykes, uh, who actually played at the Guarbecue Guar- last year. Um, and also This Means You. Uh, she's also a visual artist, and uh, I think she's a clothing designer as well. Um, so, she was actually originally announced, uh, I, I believe, uh, Incorrectly reported as the new lead singer, but that was afterwards kind of uh, retracted and said that she's actually just going to be another member of Guar and kind of a, a co-singer, as most of the members in Guar are. Mm. Um, now, uh, Slimenstra Hyman, she was kind of like a almost like a go-go girl. I mean, she sang occasionally, but she's more just like 
kind of like a dancer on stage. Um, so I have to imagine that Volvatron is going to be basically the same thing. Um, yeah, so there, uh, Volvatron's biography is she returned from the year 69,000 where she was a high-ranking scumdog assassin in the battle against future of fascist, fascist forces. Her primary functions include mastery of the arts of war, quantum mechanics, and intergalactic musicology. Um, she also sp- sprays blood from her tits. <laughs> of course she does. <laughs> because it, it wouldn't be a Guar member if she didn't do something fucking just loathsome and disgusting. <laughs> um... <clears throat> haven't heard her sing. I don't know what her voice is like. Um, so, I assume there will probably be some videos floating around that I haven't seen yet. So, Or November 12th, we could go see him at Showbox. Could go see him at Showbox. We'll talk about that later. Alright. Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't know why this was necessary. I don't either. You put it on there. Well, I mean, not not the story, but the no. the the addition of her. I don't know why. It was maybe she's a bang and blow thar. That's what I. That's exactly what I told. I think it was my sister actually that uh, originally told me about this, which is weird because she doesn't <laughs> listen to any metal. Um, and uh, I told her it's like she must be banging somebody in the band. Because I can't think of another logical reason why they would include her in this for seemingly no reason. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, they're on tour, so they are go, on tour. go check them out. Yeah, and, uh, wear wear white, and uh, be prepared to be disgusting afterwards. Right, uh, just sticky and slimy and covered in schmutz. Yep, <laughs> covered in blood and jism. Actually, I don't know. And titty blood. Yeah, probably a lot, lots of tit blood. But um, I don't know if you'll be covered in, like, cum anymore since Odorous isn't there anymore. Was he the cum guy? Yeah, it's shot out of his, um, his, cu- fish, his, his cuttlefish. Fish oh, cuttlefish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Uh, their website is guar.net. Yeah, go check this out. You can see some pictures of uh, Volvatron and make Blothar. your own, yeah, and Blothar, uh, and uh, make your own judgments. All right, so that's going to wrap up horror business. Sure is. And uh, I suppose we should take a break before we get to the reviews and uh, hear from one of our fellow pod gods. Check it out. And I'm Sanch, and we're getting into our DeLorean and taking us back into the 80s. We'll share everything from movies, fashion, TV shows, video games, hey, even life stories. Yeah, and every episode we're going to be focused on one specific 80s movie where we share our love and thoughts and hell, even our rants on one specific 80s movie. So where we're going, we don't need roads. We are 88 Miles Per Hour Podcast.
So that's cool. Uh, make sure you check them out as well as the rest of the Pod Gods at podgodsnetwork.com. And um, that will take us into our movie reviews. So as we said before, this is Week of the Vampire, so we'll be doing two vampire movies. Taylor, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, the first, are we doing mine first? Yeah, why not? All right, the first one is a movie that, as I was informed, was filmed in Birdsboro, Pennsylvania. That's where my girlfriend is from, and she <laughs> made sure to make a point of that and point out all the things in the movie that she knew where they were. Anyways, the movie's called Stakeland. Call me Martin. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Things a boy shouldn't see. I was like any other kid. I didn't believe in the boogeyman. Then the world woke up to a nightmare. Welcome to Stakeland, kid. Get your boots on, your guns ready. We're gonna put some distance between us and this place. We were on our own now, traveling through a ruined land. We live by his rules, or we die. Or worse, we die and we come back. Things have you killed? Not enough. Like Mr. says, live free or die trying. Keep your weapons close and ready. What are you gonna do? I want to kill that thing. Go with God. Lock the door. movie is from 2010 and it's about a boy named Martin whose family is killed by a group of vampires and he is taken under the tutelage of a man known simply as Mr. Um, The two then head north, always north looking for vamps as they call them Mm -hmm. and just wiping them out and uh, they're looking for a place called New Eden they don't really know where it is other than that it's north they don't really know what's going to happen when they get there but they know that it's supposed to be better than where they are right Uh, along the way they come across a cult known as the Brotherhood who apparently controls all the main roads all the highways so they have to keep going down back roads to avoid this Brotherhood I'm not sure exactly how the Brotherhood came into such power, but they they basically take anyone that comes into their area and either pulls them in, or if they don't want to accept them, then they kill them. I think you should mention that uh, this 
ex- this movie exists in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, the the it, this movie is a vampire movie that's based on the zombie genre. Yeah, because this this movie feels like a zombie movie much more than a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have vampirism acts as a kind of virus almost, and the the vampire race has pretty much taken over most of the world at this point. Right, and vampires are not your typical vampires. They're more like zombies. Yeah, um, in that they're just very feral kind of mindless violent animals basically um and so that was not necessarily a take that we haven't seen before but it's not very common yeah it it's just made me I keep kept wondering why they did it this way and why not just just make a zombie movie right at this point but I mean it's they're Slightly smarter than zombies. Slightly. They're, they're not exactly intelligent, but they like hunt in packs, and they they can also run and jump and climb things and do things that real zombies can't, but modern zombies somehow can. Superpowers. I'm just waiting for a zombie to be able to fly. Uh, watch the remake of Day of the Dead. Hmm? Watch the remake of Day of the Dead. Seriously. They can't fly, but they can jump like 30 feet in the air. <sighs> That's not an exaggeration. Terrible. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this is kind of the uh, the road zombie movie that I was looking for, except they're vampires. Yeah, I can see that. Um, wh- what did you think of it? I thought it was extremely slow. Yeah. It was... Wasn't it? It was like a what, like an hour and forty minutes or something. Like that? Oh. Something like that, yeah. Close to it. Uh, hour and thirty-eight. Okay. <clears throat> so it's a lengthy movie, and it just dragged. And aside from the kid that played Martin and Danielle Harris, yeah. Did you did you know she was in this? No, me neither. It's just. All of a sudden, I see her pop up. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, she was she was a singer in a bar right. they go to, and like they they flashed her real quick, and I was like, "That girl looks familiar." Mm-hmm. And then when they showed her for an extended period of time, I was like, "Fuck, Daniel Harris!" Yeah, <laughs> and she's pregnant. Yeah, presumably playing a girl much younger than she actually is. Right, as she always does. Right. Well, I mean, lucky her. I mean, you, good yeah. for her. Yeah, she got it. <laughs> um, I mean, it helps that she's. Like four eleven, right? Um, and but aside from them, like the acting was just awful. The the sister was so dry mm-hmm. and just so stiff, and yeah, I honestly, when she kind of disappeared from the story at one point, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Like I honestly didn't even notice that it had happened for probably a good ten minutes. It's like didn't they have a nun with them a second ago? <laughs> um, and Mister uh, Nick Dimici, who I he looked familiar, but I don't know that I've ever actually seen him before. 
um, for him to be like essentially like the central role. I mean, you could argue whether it was him or or Martin, um, or you know maybe they split the duties. I don't know, but it seemed like to me that Mister was kind of like the main focus. Um, he's such a hack actor. I mean, he he. He didn't sell anything. Yeah. It was so fake and so, like... Like, I get that he was supposed to be this very, like, all-business, you know, straightforward character that didn't show emotion or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was just like, do something. Right. And then you get the guy, uh, Jebediah, who was the head of the Brotherhood, who was, like, almost a character... He was, like, a little over the top in his acting. Oh, God, it was ridiculous. And just compared to the dryness of the other characters, it just stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just, like, the nature of kind of the world they were living in. But at one point, like, Mr., when they first encountered the, the nun, um, she's being, or she she runs across the road, and she, she's all torn up. Looks like she was just being raped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, her her um, habit was or, hey, not her habit, but her God, I can't remember the terminology. But basically, her dress, costume, her costume, <laughs> her uniform. Um, it was all torn up, like like torn down the front, like somebody was grabbing her jets or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and she's screaming, and she's being chased after two fuckers that look like they're straight out of Deliverance. Um, and Mister just gets out of the car. Uh, hits, looks like he hits the guy in the th- throat or something. The throat or the face, yeah. And so he just starts coughing up blood for some reason. Maybe, maybe that, hit him in the mouth and busted some teeth. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and then he takes out. Looks like at first I thought it was like a cross tool for a um, for a car, tire, like a tire iron. Yeah. Um, but it was actually just, like, four blades, like, strapped together. They were stakes. Were they stakes? Okay. Yeah. Well, he just throws it like a fucking boomerang and nails this guy in the back <laughs> while he's running away. And just leaves him there. And it's like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of a, that kind of brutality for him just seemed really out of place. Well, like, later in the movie, he does say, he's like, rapist got no, uh, no reason to live or something like that. Sure. I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, it just the movie didn't flow. It, like you said, it was really slow, and um, it seemed like they were trying to take an idea that had maybe just over an hour's worth of movie to it, and then extend it out another half hour. Yeah, and just making shit up. There's, there's not really a whole lot of vampire action. No. And he, I was, oh, God. Uh, it's, it's really more a movie about the the bond between Martin and Mr. Mm-hmm. As, as they are traveling. So it, it's it's just kind of like, like a buddy movie set in this post-apocalyptic vampiric wasteland setting. Right. And it's not funny. No, it's not funny at all. <laughs> Um, some of the some of the more interesting things about it, in my opinion, 
they used the vampire's fangs as currency. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And it seemed like like the bigger they were, the more they were worth. Right. Um, and I think all in all, I was I was disappointed because the movie sounded cool. I had heard good things about it too. Yeah, it looked cool. Like the vampires, I thought looked pretty awesome. Yeah, they looked like zombies, but to an extent. To yeah, to an extent, they looked like. They didn't necessarily look like vampires. They looked like just monsters. Yeah. Um, like you said earlier, just feral monsters, animalistic. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, they had, like, this... I mean, they they were really dead-looking, you know, kind of solid, like like a uh, zombie. Um, but they just had, like, these black eyes. Or were they black? I think they were. Okay. Yeah. Like, dark eyes, at least. Um, and you know, the f- obviously fangs, which, is, which I thought was interesting for them to be so animalistic and just have like kind of the standard like two, two fangs. fangs. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know you see things like Thirty Days of Night where it's just a mouthful of fangs. Right. Um, I would have expected that from these types of vampires. Sure. Um, but then they just like they're spitting up like this black sludge type stuff. Yeah, maybe it's blood or something but like all the vampires all their mouths are just black yeah and uh I thought I thought they looked cool I mean yeah um but for this movie to just not really come together it was really disappointing yeah um there's not there's not a lot of action no. like even the parts with the vampires are fairly slow oh. there's not a whole lot of like fight scenes with vampires right there's the, the the one scene where they they find the town, and then uh, you know the town gets attacked. Mm-hmm. That's really the the only high energy part of the movie, right? Um, and yeah, and there's so much of the movie where they're just traveling, you know, whether it be by car or walking, mm-hmm. and it's they're it's just that. It's like a montage scene of them just walking. It's like fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, and nothing happens. There's so many opportunities for, like, a vampire to just... Maybe just one vampire just come out of nowhere and attack them, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, extremely slow moving, and then just just a lot of just nothing happening. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just overall, just poor story building, bad acting. Yeah, and from what I read, um, the the writer turned in an earlier version of the script, and it was denied because it didn't have enough heart. Enough heart? Yeah. It's a fucking vampire movie. Oh, it's actually written by Nick DiMici. Oh. Well. And Jim Mickle, who is from Birdsboro, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, yeah, we know how movies that are written and or directed and starring the same person, you know, how those typically turn out. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. But, um, I didn't get the end 
thought it was stupid. With that one vampire? Well, that that was... That didn't make any sense to me. No. Like, the mm. reasoning for why that happened. Was there so, a reasoning? Yeah. I'll tell you off mic, since this movie's only four years old, so we can't spoil it. But no, the very end. Oh, yeah. Well, like, why? Yeah, I have no idea. I feel bad talking about it, because we can't actually talk about it, but... Because now, like, even though I wouldn't recommend anybody watches this now to understand what we're talking about, they have to watch it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. You got anything else to say on this one? Uh, no, not really. Um, overall, just very slow, and even the parts with lots of action, I, I use that word loosely because they weren't exciting. Right. Um, there were there never felt like there was danger. Mm-hmm. At like at any time there was a vampire attack, they just handled it. It was just over that quickly. Yeah, that it never felt like they were you know overwhelmed. Yeah, and it's like that's not to say like people didn't die, right? Um, but it was rarely, if ever, anybody that you really cared about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> anyway. Were you going to give a rating? Oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to give it a four. All right. Um, yeah, pretty much the same sentiment uh, on my end. Uh, as I said before, just the acting is so poor. is is really hard to stay interested. Yeah. Because of the being such a weak story. Actually, that's not that's not fair. The story itself wasn't weak. The story itself had had potential. It was the way that it was carried out, like which I think comes down to this, probably the script itself and the fact that it seemed like people were. I, th- I think maybe it was Nick Demichi. Did he direct? No, he didn't direct. He it. didn't direct. It. No, that, that J- Jim Mink- Minky. Mickle? Mickle, sorry, Mickle. Yeah, he he directed it. Okay, well he okay he co-wrote it though. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it seemed like it was likely that this guy probably Kevin Smith the movie and made people stick to the script and didn't let them like um, imp- uh, improvise at all, and so that just leads to a very dry, boring movie because people can't put their own emotion and flair into it and sure. just makes really one dimensional characters and just it's almost like you're instead of watching a movie it's more like you're just reading a script yeah so um that combined with the secondary characters were just dumb like it just there's a slow progression and there's so much of nothing happening um, there was parts where characters would come into the story, and you could just immediately tell this was a throwaway character. Like oh, yeah. You knew this person was not going to last. Yep. So, uh, all things considered, um, I think I'm probably going to give this a three. And uh, <laughs> say, you know, watch at your own risk. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I mean, like, I can't even really say, like, you know, if you're super into vampires, watch this, because it doesn't feel like a vampire movie. Right. But... It really treads the line between vampire and zombie movie. Yeah. And it it almost seems like the only reason that they're vampires is because the uh, zombie genre is so well-worn. I kind of wonder if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing. It uh, seemed like it had some potential. It just didn't deliver. Yeah. Well, um... I guess let's move on to my pick for the week, which was Fright Night. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. Now we're talking about the original Fright Night here. Right. This is a 1985 film. So um, that means this is going on 30 years, so we're going to spoil the shit out of it. <laughs> um, if you, who hasn't seen this, really? I mean, it almost... Dummies. <laughs> um, it was written and directed by Tom Holland, who is like the, the hor- like one of the horror movies gods almost i mean he's very well known um he uh he did uh, psycho 2 he did child's play uh he did, did this fright night um he did uh thinner the stephen king adaptation um just a lot of really good movies and um and, and i think this is in my opinion, this is by far and away his best movie. Um, this is a story about a name, boy named Charlie, who I believe is probably maybe high school senior. I they never really specify. It. Yeah, I, I get the impression he's probably a late teenager. Yeah, um, and he begins to suspect and later confirms in his own mind that his neighbor is act- Prince Humperdinck. You swore you'd never say that name. What name? Humperdinck. Ah! <laughs> no, um, he begins to suspect and later confirms to himself, at least, that his neighbor is actually a vampire. Um, a very polite vampire. That's from cops. <laughs> this lady gets arrested, and she's just like yelling at the cop, and she's like, "You gotta let me go! I'm a vampire! <laughs> I'm a very polite vampire!" <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, 
aside from having the issue of a pesky vampire next door, um, he also has a problem convincing everyone else that there's a vampire living next door to him. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta imagine that's a hard sell. I would think, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you just don't see many vampires nowadays. Right. Werewolves, sure, but, like, vampire? Come on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, unfortunately for him, uh, his neighbor, Jerry Dandridge, is also uh, a fairly good-looking guy, very polite, very charming. A very polite vampire. <laughs> very polite. <laughs> he was um, played by Chris Sarandon, who played Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride, which right. is where that joke came from. Yeah, in case if you, you didn't that. already get it. <laughs> um, and Charlie's girlfriend is Marcy Darcy. Right. Or Marcy Rose, depending on which... Depending on when you started watching Married with Children. Right. <laughs> if you want to date yourself. <laughs> um, so, he, aside from trying to convince not only his girlfriend, his, I guess his best friend. <laughs> it didn't seem like they like each other all that much, but his friend, yeah. Evil Ed. Um, and His mom. Yeah, his mom and... Uh, Peter Vincent, who is a television creature feature uh, host, um, akin to like Joe Bob Briggs. It's funny that he, like Charlie watches all these vampire movies, but at no point in the movie when he says there's a vampire living next door does anyone go, "Oh, you just watch too many movies." Like that would be my first thought. Right. Well, it's like at the beginning, um, uh, Amy is his girlfriend. Like, they're making it on the bed, and then he hears something outside, and he goes, checks out the window, and he sees Jerry and his... Manservant. His manservant, yeah. I guess if you want to go by typical vampire lore, it's probably his ghoul. Uh, vampires always tend to... At least in, in common mythology, vampires will sort of turn a human into kind of a pseudo-vampire. They're not, like... Like daywalkers. Basically, yeah. Um, and you have to assume that's just what this guy is. Uh, his kind of day protector. Um, sees him carrying a coffin into the basement. And um, he says, Amy, there's two guys outside carrying a coffin. And she looks at the TV and there's a gang of guys, presumably a vampire movie. Oh, true. Yeah, there's that part. Yeah, you know, they look at She says, uh, you know, Two guys. Here, these guys are carrying this coffin through the, the moors, basically. Um, and she says, "Right." And they're walking on the moors. Uh, he says, "No, I'm serious." But of here's why that scene is unrealistic. Amy was DTF. You get the impression they had never done it before. Possibly Charlie's a virgin. Mm-hmm. Most guys. Most red-blooded American guys. Possibly he's a virgin, but don't tell his hand that. <laughs> Most red-blooded American heterosexual guys, if there's a chick in his bed, in her bra, who's DTF, he could be seeing somebody getting stabbed next door, and he'd be like, well, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he should have come like 10 minutes earlier. Um, and, you know, another reason it's unrealistic is because uh, Amy, played by Amanda Burse is a lesbian. <laughs> Wait, Amy is a lesbian? No, no, I guess I should have said, should have said that the other way around. Amanda oh. Burse is a lesbian. Right. She's like 
a mega lesbian. And one more reason it's unrealistic is vampires. (laughs) (laughs) And that covers everything, so (laughs) we're done. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, Charlie, he's, he's, he's trying to convince everyone, and eventually he does. And, but it always seems to be a, just a little too late. Everybody figures it out just a little behind the curve <laughs> to where it really gets them in trouble if they would have just listened a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I kept, <laughs> throughout the movie, I kept getting Peter Vincent and Jerry Dandridge combined in my head. Like, not the characters, just the names. Uh-huh. And so I started, like, I was like, oh, there's the vampire Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a whole different movie. <laughs> right. Probably a lot more comical. Probably. It would have been Vampircon. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter Vincent was actually played by um, Roddy McDowell, who's a, who's a really well-known, like, classical actor. Who's, I mean... Obviously, this movie came out the year I was born. Um, if you want to do the math and find out how old I am. But he's kind of a classical actor, and, you know, aside from a few, like, comedies and just kind of goofy movies, mostly serious roles, it seemed like. Was, um, he, was he actually gray? I don't think so. Okay. At least not it, it, that gray. It looked fake. Right. Yeah, he, he even his uh his makeup. I mean, age makeup back then wasn't the best, obviously. I mean they used a lot of um uh shit, I can't remember what it's called now. Um it's it's basically something that you put on the skin and it dries and kinda tightens and it makes you look wrinkly. Oh, okay. Um God, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, that, it looked like they probably used that um, for him. And I, th- I think w- when they showed clips from his movies, from, you know, we have to figure they are probably, as far as, it, it, within the movie, they are probably from, like, the 60s or early 70s or something yeah. like that. Um, that was just him without makeup. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what you have to assume. Um, so... Yeah, this, this this movie is, I would have to say, probably my favorite vampire movie, like, of all time. And it's one of the movies I can remember, like, just absolutely loving, like, as far back as I can remember. I mean, um, it, 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 the zombie, or not zombie, vampire mythology and lore is, like, very classic. It sticks yeah. to very key uh, uh, features of, of the of the vampire mythology. Right, like you have to kill it with a stake to the heart, and like he can't touch crosses, and garlic works, and holy holy, holy, holy water, water yeah. presumably. Never actually see the use of it, but right, but it is implied. Right, um, sunlight, sunlight, of course. which is something that seems to have been fallen out of favor lately. That vampires can't be in the sun. It does seem like their biggest weakness, being in the sun. Well, yeah, as far as like older 
mythology, but I think more modern day, like common vampires, like there's no issue in the sun. Right. That's, I, that's what I mean. I think that's why they got rid of it because it did seem like that their biggest weakness it was the easiest thing to exploit. Well, to me, I was I always thought that was a, a, a good um, feature because unless like vampires will sleep during the day, and unless you know where his where he sleeps. You can't really do anything, but chances are he's going to know where you sleep, yeah. and you sleep during the night. That's <laughs> true. So that was something that always, you know, when I was a kid and still believed in monsters, you know, that, that was something that always creeped me out, was the fact that they'd come for you at night, you know? Um, yeah, you it, just, it just feels like in most movies today, they take these classic monsters and take whatever their big, biggest weakness is and just get rid of it. Yeah. Like, oh, zombies are slow? Not anymore. Right. Because that's not action. Right. Fucking microphone. Quit fucking with it. I'm trying to fix there. Um, so, yeah, this is just a movie that uh, I think stays in my mind as just a, a classic movie and it stays true to what I believe when I think of vampire, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, movies like you know Dracula and uh, Interview with the Vampire. Those movies that stay true to common vampire mythology. Just I really appreciate those. And uh, something else that seems like it's fallen out of favor is the religious context. True, like crosses and holy water and that type of thing. There's, doesn't they're not really a thing as far as vampires go anymore yeah um i think that has a lot to do with probably twilight i think i think that's probably where it traces back to fucking twilight ruined everything it really did um one thing i like about this movie is they say fright night about 47 times (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) oh jumping back to stakeland I, I was sitting there watching it by myself, and when um, Mister is like kind of training Martin, yeah, um, he's got a vampire in his trunk, and he pops it open, and you know, presumably let the vampire jump out at Martin. He says, "Welcome to Stakeland, kid." I'm sitting there by myself, and like, oh, he said it. <laughs> I literally did that every time in Friday Night. <laughs> I'm sure your girlfriend just loved that. Yeah, she was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, cracked me up. Like, there, there's a lot of cornball parts in this movie, as much as I love it. I, it's from the 80s. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mainly from Chris Sarandon, it seemed like he was kind of hamming it up at certain points. Like, at one point when um, uh, Charlie and, and Peter finally kind of team up and they're they're gonna go uh take out jerry they go into his house and jerry's at the at the landing of the stairs and he says because i guess i beginning of the fright night television show which where the name came from it, it's what the show that peter vincent hosts on tv um every time it starts it says uh welcome to fright night and uh Jerry Dandridge, when they go into his house, he's standing up at the landing, and he says, Welcome to Fright 
night. And he takes a couple steps down the stairs and says, For real. <laughs> I wonder how many of those things like just seem cheesy now. Right. If they were like super serious at the time. <laughs> well, it's like even... I have to imagine even if I was in the movie, like it was real life and I was Charlie, and he said that to me, I'm just like, probably look over at... Probably look over at Peter and I'm like, really? You say for real? <laughs> it's like like we don't already know that he's a vampire. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like oh, oh we get it. Um, uh, how about Evil Ed? Man, <laughs> what a cornball character! I know. Um, and you know. We'll talk about the remake real quick. Um, the character was played by McLovin, which, you know, McLovin's kind of a fucking weirdo, but um, just really downplayed the character. I have not seen the remake. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I won't talk too much about it then, but it was a very different character, and um, uh, God, Evil Ed is played by Stephen Jeffries. Who, by the way, turned out to be a, like a fucking gay porn star. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, he was in 976 Evil. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you look at his IMDb page, it's like fucking Fright Night, um, 967 Evil, or, or 976 Evil, 967 Evil 2, and then like fucking like virgin twinks or you know, shit like that. virgin twinks 12 or something halfway like that. house hunks right guys who crave big cocks gay Ju- men in uniform <laughs> semen training day <laughs> oh I like this one just 18 and gay buff and gay <laughs> cockpit <laughs> latin crotch rockets butt blazer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that's enough of that. I like how he uses a stage name, too. Like, he goes by Sam Ritter. Like, I don't want to tarnish my name. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like lately he's gotten back into some horror stuff. Yeah. I, um, there's apparently a Day of the Living Dead 2 coming out. Wait, Day of the Living Dead? I don't know what that is. Some, but apparently there's a sequel coming out. <laughs> uh, Mr. Hush, which I only know because the cover totally rips off trick-or-treat right but yeah like i don't know what any of these movies are but they from judging by the covers they appear to be horror horror movies like low budget horror movies mm-hmm. yeah in this he he's just a fucking cheese ball with a squeaky teen voice yeah it's his voice is just something else and I'm, like the whole time i'm wondering if that's his real voice or if if that's the character yeah, and you're when, so cool, Brewster. When he when he turns into a vampire, um, by the way, <laughs> uh, there, there's a point where he he tricks um, Peter Vincent into thinking at first that he's that he's Charlie's mom, and he jumps up and he's like, "Which that scene? Charlie's mom is blonde, right? And yet he's laying in bed wearing this like." Raggedy red yarn, yeah, raggedy, raggedy. hand wig. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and uh, 
Peter Vinci runs in the bedroom. He's like, Mrs. Brewster, the phone line's been cut. And he turns over and he's like, I know. I did it. <laughs> and then he stands up and he says, where's Mrs. Brewster? And he says, apparently she's working nights. <laughs> but she left a note. And he's like digging the note out of his pocket or like his coat pocket and he's like eh, eh. <laughs> which makes you wonder what kind of noises he makes in fucking semen training day. <laughs> oh Jesus do you think he's a top or bottom oh he's a power bottom for sure ah <laughs> uh, fuck um so yeah well I guess what do you have to say about this movie it's it's fun, um, but I mean it's it's so dated. It, it definitely is, but it does not withstand the test of time. I don't know that I go that far. I mean, it does from a nostalgia factor, but I just like the effects and stuff do not hold up. There, there's one scene where I, Peter is trying to hammer a stake into Jerry, and it's so so obvious that it's in his armpit, right? Yeah, but, I mean, as far as, like... The makeup effects are, are still good. The makeup effects are kick-ass. I love the makeup effects. Um, I've just started watching back episodes of Face Off. Mm-hmm. So now I find myself, whenever I'm watching a movie, like, looking really closely at the makeup and seeing if, like, I can see the edges or, like, trying to tell how they did things. Yeah. Things that I did never look for before. Yeah, the places where they show up the most is, like, around the cheeks. Yeah. And uh, hairline. Yeah, I can see that. Um... But I mean, no. I mean, like, I don't. I yeah, the makeup is still good. Like, it's not. I mean, it's, it's a little over the top, but that's just how it was back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jerry's makeup—he he turns into this hideous beast of a vampire. I like that he's got like basically like three stages of uh, being a vampire. I guess you know, one where he's got things standard human-looking vampire. Mm-hmm. Then he's got one where he's like a little disformed or dis, you know disfigured a little bit. He's got, he's got like, like the bright red eyes, yeah, and, and like, like the kind of like accentuated cheekbones. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's just got this thing that looks like a fucking monster. Yeah. Um. For some reason, you know, Chris Sarandon's got like this curly black hair. For some reason, in this form, he's got like kind of like a light brown blondish straight hair that's like slick back. Well the same thing happened with Amy when she started turning into a vampire. Her hair all of a sudden got long and red. Right. I imagine that short little pixie cut not even really a pixie cut just short hair doesn't really it's not really sexy. <laughs> but it was weird because like even the, they would show her from behind or something and she would have this long red hair and it's like you can't even see her face like why do you need to put a wig on her? It's, yeah. Um yeah, I guess that was just part of the transformation was that they, their hair changed with the rest of their face. I suppose. Um, Another thing as far as, uh, like, classic vampire lore is he turns into a bat. Yeah. And then also uh, Evil Ed turns into a wolf. Right. Which is kind of a lesser known yeah. vampire mythology. It, yeah, if you read Dracula, mainly, those, those things are all covered. Um, Dracula turns into a bat. He turns into a wolf, and he turns into mist. And I think that's actually even a, 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 a more... I guess... 
I guess that's even a more no lesser known. Thank you. That, that's even more lesser known. Yeah, I kept wanting to say that. <laughs> it, even less known um, form. It's, yeah, it missed. Yeah, because um, like my girlfriend was like, "Wait, he can turn into a wolf." I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Vampires can do that. She's like, I've never heard of that. Coming from the person that doesn't watch horror movies. Well, yeah. It's like, you probably haven't heard of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, the thing with her, though, is that she doesn't watch them because she thinks they're scary. She just thinks they're stupid. That's not the impression I've gotten. But uh, No, like, she's said as much to me. Oh, well. She, she doesn't get... She, she she wants more backstory. That's her biggest her biggest gripe with horror movies is she wants more backstory. She doesn't understand why people are doing things. Like, it doesn't matter why. That's part of what makes it scary is that you don't know why. They don't need a reason. That's what makes it scary. Yeah. It's like, she, she won't watch a zombie movie because she doesn't know why there are zombies? Yeah. That's unfortunate. It's like, well, it's a virus. Where did it come from? Well, who the fuck cares? Yeah, it's like, do you think if this was actually happening in real life, you would know why it happened? Yeah, where does Ebola come from? Nobody fucking knows. Africa. That's your answer. A parasite in the Ebola river. Well, shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, like, let's, let's take, you know, zombie virus in particular. It's like, let's think of, like, Night of the Living Dead. They're stranded out in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. They don't know why this started. There's, I mean, there's barely any news reports. Nobody know, knows why it started or where it came from, even within the context of the movie. Yeah. So it's like, that's how it would actually happen, I think. That's, like I said, that's part of what makes it scary. Is you can't come up with a cure because you don't know where it came from. Right. Um, yeah. Women, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, that was that was a gross generalization. I apologize. No, no, no. Um... <laughs> when the the end of the movie and like I said we're going to spoil this because it's been over 10 years and I'm sorry if this spoils the remake for you um, but like when they, they break all the windows that were all blacked out and just shine the, the, the sunlight on them and that's what finally kills him like I know this came first but it reminded me so much of From Dust Till Dawn that I wonder if From Dust Till Dawn drew influence from this I wouldn't doubt it I mean, that, that seems logical. I mean, th- this is like like a mainstay in in the, in the vampire genre. Sure. Um, I mean, this is what I everybody feel knows like. Fright Night. Yeah, and any everybody goes back to it for inspiration. I think even even the ones nowadays, like I said, like Thirty Days of Night, um, where it's so far removed from a lot of typical vampire mythology and lore and you know just a standard vampire movie I think even that probably would draw from Fright Night to an extent to an extent yeah sure um so yeah this is just a a a classic movie that it's in the genre um and I really think that this should be almost I'd say if you're you're, if you're a vampire fan or just even a horror fan in, in general uh this should be a required viewing uh, I mean, you should know this movie well, I think. Um, how does it compare to the remake? As someone who hasn't seen it, like, oh. is, is the story similar enough to... Uh, there are some similarities. Um, character names. Uh, 
the, the basic story, the, the premise is the same, but how it's carried out is completely different. So, like most remakes? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Boy Charlie lives next door to a vampire. Finds out the vampire finds out that he knows he's a vampire, tries to kill him. I mean that's the the same basic skeleton of a story. Um, things that are different is it's taken out of like suburbia and it's put into like basically well, it's still kind of suburbia, but it's not like small town USA, it's Las Vegas. Oh. <clears throat> Peter Vincent isn't like this hack um, TV host. He's kind of like Chris Angel. I was going to say, isn't he magi- a magician? I yeah. <clears throat> but he has got like a like a vampire-themed show. And who plays him? Uh, David Tennant. Mm, interesting. The, the Doctor. Um, and um, it's actually... This is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's actually uh, Ed that discovers things first and actually has a hard time convincing Charlie that vampires are real. Interesting. Yeah, so... Minute differences. Would you recommend it? Is it worth watching? I'd, yeah, I'd say at least once. Oh, Alright, maybe I'll I don't, it Yeah, I don't know how many times he, in, you would be able to enjoy it, if you even enjoy it the first time, but... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say... At least once, though. It's not one of those kind of remakes where you're just like, what the fuck? Come on, that's not fucking Friday Night. Well, I said that the second I heard they cast uh, fucking Colin Farrell's Jerry Dandridge. Well, yeah. You know, it's Chris Sarandon, who's got to be well over six foot tall, and they cast that little fucking <laughs> leprechaun. <clears throat> um, so. This compared to the, the remake, the very different feel to it. Is the oh. remake Dark and Gritty? <laughs> no, it's not Dark and Gritty. Oh, and there's a... The remake has, like, a backstory to vampires. So my girlfriend would like it, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's stupid. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I would just rather not know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, so... I think that's all, uh, unless you uh, have anything else. Um, no, I don't think so. I think I, I touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, like I said, this is n- not only one of my favorite horror or vampire movies. I think it's in, in my probably I'd say my, like maybe my top f- 15 favorite movies of all time. This would probably be on there somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It's a great movie. Um, I could watch it probably once every few months and and enjoy just as much as I did the time before. Um, So, um, highly recommended, and I will give it an 8. Okay. Uh, It would probably not be on my list of top 15, but... That's not to say that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking solely vampires, I would say it's going to be top five. Uh, overall, like I said, I think it's a fun movie. It's it's not particularly scary. No. 
It's it, yeah. Um, Unless you're usually creeped out by like monsters. Yeah, and again, that could be part of just the the test of time. That you know, I think in in the '80s, this probably was a, a fairly scary movie. Um, I think I will give it. Um, I'm gonna go six. Right. Actually, I'm gonna go six and a half. I know you hate my halves, but I just I feel like six is too low, and I, I but a seven seems too high. So I'm gonna go six and a half. And I'm sorry if that makes you angry, but fuck off. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for week one of Octoberama. Hope you enjoyed Week of the Vampire. I did. <laughs> you did go oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you could be here to be part of this. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week. God. <laughs> this is going to be a busy month. Yeah. Um, we're going to be back next week with Week of the Zombie. Yes. And. And. Go ahead. It will be me and Tony's one-year anniversary. Hey. hey. Love you, babe. Love you. Hopefully we make it. You don't get in a huge fight in the next couple of days. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, For Week of the Zombie, we will be watching uh, The Dead, as well as the 1990 Tom Savini-directed remake of Night of the Living Dead. That is correct. So, as always, if you have opinions on those, you can tweet them to us at grave underscore plot. Send them to us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash graveplotpodcast. Email them to us, graveplotpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you can keep them under three minutes, leave us a voicemail at 858-848-PLOT. Yeah, and uh, next week is going to be, like we said, one of those mini-sodes. Right, it's just going to be reviews. We won't right. have any horror business for you. Hopefully it's going to be a lot more palatable. You might make, actually make it to the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, until then, uh, I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. <laughs> <laughs>